You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this edition, we're going to be discussing Matteo Genduzzi's departure. Did Arsenal get enough money for the French midfielder? We're also going to be discussing the latest on William Saliba, Nuno Tavares, Albert Laconga, Granit Xhaka. Touch a little bit on Patrick Vieira's appointment at Crystal Palace, uh, as well as the future of Matt Ryan and a change of coaching staff at the Emirates Stadium, or change involving the coaching staff. I probably should have said it that way, but you know what I mean. So lots and lots to get into. As always, hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, the sun is shining here in London, although I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if you can see over my shoulder. Um, I am setting up a new studio setup. So if you guys remember a little while ago, I was sitting in front of the green screen for those of you who watch on YouTube and we had that little setup going on and it was cool. You know, I really enjoyed it. But the problem with the green screen was sometimes if the lighting wasn't right or, you know, it just didn't quite look as crisp as I'd like it to. Uh, so I am in the process of building a studio setup against that big wall. Um, so I've been painting. I've been doing all sorts of bits and pieces over the last couple of days to get that ready for you. And you'll be able to see that uh, a little bit later on this week, hopefully. I'm hoping to finish it today, but it might rain a little bit later on, which means I can't take the stuff outside to paint it, which could be a problem. If you're listening on the audio, you're probably thinking, who the hell bloody cares? Uh, but just to keep you guys update as well, uh, or updated, I should say. Uh, big hello to those of you joining us in the live chat right now. Hope you're all good. Um, thank you for tuning in as always. And uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. And let's start off by discussing Matteo Genduzzi, who has bid his farewell to Arsenal Football Club. Matteo Genduzzi is off. He is joining Marseille and he's put a little Instagram post up, uh, which... Um, which a lot of people have sort of been commenting on uh, on the social platforms. Let me just bring that up on the screen and I'll share it with you guys uh, as well. Uh, where is it? I can't seem to find it on his actual bloody Instagram. Where, where is it? Anyway, he put a post up, uh, Matteo Genduzzi, where he uh, thanked everybody and, and all of that jazz, um, you know, about sort of, uh, you know, how thankful he is to have been a gunner. Uh, and all of that stuff. And Matteo Genduzzi, as I say, is off. He is going to Olympic Marseille. Now, if you cast your minds back to when we were talking about what Arsenal should be able to bring in for certain players over the course of this summer, and I literally dug the video out today. Um, I dug the video out today. It, this was streamed one month ago, and people were asking me what I thought Arsenal should be able to recuperate for a number of players. And Matteo Genduzzi was right at the top of my list. And I predicted that Arsenal would get 10 to 12 million pounds for Matteo Genduzzi this summer. And when I, when I came to that valuation, that estimation, it was based on a number of factors, right? It was based on the fact that he had essentially been bombed out by Arsenal and by Mikel Arteta, that he had, uh, 
you know, quite public issues with the manager in terms of his attitude, in terms of his conduct, that he only had one year remaining on his contract. And that having joined her to Berlin, he did okay, but he didn't really pull up any trees. So based on that, um, the valuation that I came to, and it's here in black and white for anybody who doubts it, Matteo Genduzzi, 10 to 12 million pounds is what I went with. 10 to 12 million pounds is about right in this current climate. It's about right um, with regards to the, the current situation that we're in, we find ourselves in, not just us, but the football world in general. And just to kind of clarify how this deal is going to work. So just to avoid any confusion, Matteo Genduzzi is signing for Marseille initially on loan. He will be joining Marseille on loan with an obligation uh, for Marseille to purchase Matteo Genduzzi at the end of that term. It's not an option, it's an obligation, which means the transfer, the permanent transfer, has already been agreed. Marseille, however, have decided to try, and they have succeeded, to kick the can down the road with regards to actually paying the money uh, for Matteo Genduzzi. And it's thought that the total of that deal uh, is going to be around about £10 million. Now, it's thought that one million of that is is a loan fee that will be paid immediately with the remaining balance uh, to be sort of settled at the end of this initial one year loan deal. Uh, but it is a permanent goodbye for Matteo Genduzzi because, yes, he will technically be an Arsenal player next season. But that agreement for him to leave the club and sign for Marseille permanently has already been done. Now, Marseille you know, will have known exactly what the situation was and how the ground uh, lies with regards to Genduzi. They know he's not Mikel Arteta's favourite player. They know that his future at Arsenal was, um, you know, wasn't looking positive. He knew that he wasn't going to be um, a, a sort of longer term fixture at Arsenal or someone that they'd be desperate to keep. But they've also sort of, you know, they've also sort of kind of tried to find a balance here with Arsenal. And, 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 and that balances the way this deal has been structured. As I say, they know Arsenal are desperate to get rid of him. Um, yes, it's not ideal in terms of the funds coming in now because that would mean that Arsenal could add that to the transfer kitty, to the transfer war chest, if you like, that they're currently working with it. But I guess when you're a company as big as Arsenal or a, you know, a business as big as Arsenal, a corporation as big as Arsenal, what you're looking at is yeah, you know, you haven't got the money in your hand, cash right there to spend, but you'd imagine that having the guarantee of that money coming in further down the line allows Arsenal to still work with that money, albeit in a slightly different way and by having to kind of jig around their finances a little bit. But yeah, the money is guaranteed to come in and that is enough for Arsenal, I think, um, when it comes to, you know, being able to to then sort of offset that and use that in the current transfer window. Could we have got more for Matteo Genduzzi? I've seen a lot of debate and discussion about this on social media over the last sort of 24 hours since the reports of the fee emerged. And I understand why people think that Matteo Genduzzi has the potential to go on and be a, you know, more than a £10 million player. I completely get that. I think there is potential there. But I do think that all of those factors I previously mentioned is very public falling out with Mikel Arteta. Um, the fact that he wasn't amazing at Hertha Berlin, his contract situation, and the fact that, you know, just looking at the way he's kind of acted in terms of his conduct and his attitude 
clubs signing him will see it as a little bit of a risk, won't they? When you factor all of those things in, along with the, the impact of the global pandemic, 10 to 12 million was my estimation. And so I'm not surprised to see uh, a deal being agreed for around about 10 million. But, you know, Matteo Genduzzi's off now. I wish him all the best. I don't have anything against the guy. I just, I didn't like the way he conducted himself in certain situations. And I always have said it, you know, from the day he joined the club, I felt like if he could put the petulant side uh, of his game to one side, he would go on and become a very, very good footballer. And, you know, the more I see of Matteo Genduzzi, the more I hear from him, the more I sort of understand their character. I'm not really sure that he'll ever be able to put that to one side. And and so it's about channeling that in the right way. And at this moment in time, as of the 5th of July, 2021, I don't think Matteo Genduzzi's quite worked out how to do that. And that is largely um, why Arsenal uh, are not going to be extending his contract and are going to be allowing him to leave for the club initially, as I say, on loan. Um, but with the with the, the agreement in place for that deal to become permanent at the end of next season. Let's move on to another player who has been heavily linked with a move to Marseille, and that is William Saliba. Now, contrary to reports, that agreement is yet to be reached. William Saliba um, sat down with the club or his representative sat down with the club and his future was discussed. It was made clear to him that Arsenal would, wanted him to go out on loan again. Um, a number of clubs came to the table. We know that Lille, um, obviously the Liga and champions were interested, but we know Lille are going to go for a bit of a difficult period because they're expected, I think, to lose a number of players. <coughs> Sorry. They're expected to lose a number of players uh, off the back of that title win due to their uh, precarious financial situation. So Lille aren't going to be the force, you'd imagine, that they were last season. So that probably is why that one didn't appeal. Nice, who he joined and spent the second half of last season playing for, um, were, were also interested. But William Saliba has decided against that too. And from the Premier League, Newcastle United were the most serious among those who had expressed an interest. Now, there was reportedly interest from Spain and Germany as well. Um, sorry, Spain and Germany uh, and Italy, apparently, too. But William Saliba has opted to join Marseille. And I talked about this on one of the weekend's episodes. I talked about the fact that whilst I'd have preferred him personally to stay in and around the Premier League and so that we could get a look at him in the circumstances, in the surroundings that we're hoping he will go on to sort of have an impact in, I, I do think Marseille is probably the best move of those other ones that I've mentioned. You know, you're talking about him going back to a country he knows very well. There's going to be obviously less of a settling in period. Um, but, you know, Marseille are a big, big football club, a big, big football club. And I don't think if you're detached from French football, you you quite understand how big they are until you kind of speak to someone who is a little bit more immersed in it. And I've found that over the years, uh, whenever sort of discussing Marseille, that they are a massive, a massive football club. And, and he sees that opportunity. He also gives him the opportunity to play in Europe, as I mentioned at the weekend, and work under uh, Georges Sampaoli, who's a very, very good coach as well. Uh, so it makes sense for me. But as I say, uh, as of today, as of right now, as of the time of recording, that deal has not yet been agreed. We understand there's still quite a bit of work to be done on that one, although Saliba has indicated that is the, the destination uh, he wishes to arrive in. And I think it will get done, but it isn't done yet. 
so just uh, bear, hold fire on that one. Uh, let's touch on Nuno Tavares. Uh, of course, uh, we talked a lot about that one last week and we talked about how that deal was incredibly close. Uh, the medical, we believe, has taken place in Portugal. Nuno Tavares is currently in England. Um the deal is done by all accounts from what everybody is saying, everybody's reporting that deal is done, but we are still awaiting the announcement. And that's thought to be uh, due to the quarantine measures that are currently in place that have prohibited Nuno Tavares turning up, taking his pictures, doing all of that stuff. Uh, but the deal is said to be worth eight million pounds. So Nuno Tavares will come in in order to provide support to Kieran Tierney at left back and possibly on the right side as well, because he has, as I've said in the past, uh, shown himself to be capable of playing in either fullback position. Uh, but Nuno Tavares is going to be revealed as an Arsenal player uh, very soon. How soon? Depends on when the quarantine measures are lifted. I, I don't exactly know the ins and outs of how the British government are doing it now and, and what is required and how many days are required. And if that can be reduced with the evidence of a negative test, et cetera, et cetera. It's just also up in the air. It's such a mess that I wouldn't even want to try and second guess that. But that's the latest on Nuno Tavares. Moving on, Albert Laconga. Uh, another player that Arsenal are being heavily, heavily linked with. And we understand that this deal is progressing too. It's thought to be around about 17, 18 million pounds. Um, you know, and, and he's a player that has a lot of potential. He's a player that a lot of people uh, are excited by and, and hope he'll sort of come on and, you know, come on leaps and bounds during his time and go on to be a future star for Arsenal. And the key word with Lokonga is future. You know, let's not get carried away here. And think that Lokonga is going to come in, waltz into the team and, and just completely take the English game by the scruff of the neck and, and change our fortunes. If he did that, it would be flipping fantastic, wouldn't it? But um, this is a signing made very much with a view to the future. And it's another player who fits into that profile uh, of signing that Arsenal are clearly looking for this summer, which is uh, players slightly uh, sort of who have gone slightly under the radar who are available at slightly less than kind of the, the top elite players, but that have the potential to go on, become better, and also therefore uh, increase their value later on in the future. So there's lots and lots uh, of positives about this one. Arsenal didn't really want to pay uh, about 17, 18 million pounds on this. And the, as I say, the agreement is still not 100% agreed, but um, there is a feeling that this one is going to get done sooner rather than later. It's not in... Uh, as Charles Watts reported, there's no danger as he, as as of now that this deal is going to uh, is going to collapse. Uh, so positives on that one. Uh, Granite Xhaka linked with a move to Roma ever since the transfer window opened, um, and obviously Switzerland's participation at the European Championships ended over the weekend. Therefore. Um, Granite Xhaka's deal to Roma is expected now to pick up pace a little bit. Uh, we should get some movement on this. We should see some progress. As I've always maintained uh, throughout the period of the European Championships, there were a number of transfers that were kind of brewing and in the pipeline, but were not yet um, able to be completed. And the I's were not dotted and the T's were not crossed because of the fact that those championships were going on, which logistically makes things very difficult. Also, you you know, as a player, do you want to be embroiled in a transfer negotiation and having to go through medicals and God knows what else in the middle of a championship? I don't think you do. Um, and that is, uh, as I say, largely uh, why this one 
has not been done yet. But there is an expectation from all parties that this deal will be completed and that Granit Xhaka's move to Roma will pick up a bit of pace now. As as I say, Switzerland have been eliminated from the Euros. Um, Charles Watts also reported today that Matt Ryan um, is a move that is completely off the table. We know that Arsenal are looking for a goalkeeper. Uh, Aaron Ramsdale's been linked. Andre Onana's been linked. Matt Ryan is someone that many fans felt would be able to come back in to the club, uh, low risk transfer, very low fee, um, and be able to play as a backup to Berliner throughout the course of the season. Shown himself uh, able and has impressed people at Arsenal uh, with what he did uh, when he came in for that loan spell. But uh, it looks like Matt Ryan is headed for Spain and specifically Real Sociedad, where he could be uh, the number one next season. So that will naturally appeal uh, to Matt Ryan that little bit more. He's played in Spain before Matt Ryan, uh, so it's not a completely foreign and strange move for him, uh, but also the prospect of being a number one goalkeeper at one of the top La Liga clubs, I think would probably appeal to anybody more uh, than kind of sitting on the bench at Arsenal. And, and particularly without European football, you'd imagine that the second choice goalkeeper at the Emirates Stadium is going to get even less game time than usual. So you can understand uh, why that appeals, as I say, to Matt Ryan. And it looks like a deal uh, is edging closer for that. Um, also, uh want to just touch on um, Wednesday. Uh, Arsenal's team are due to return to London Coney on Wednesday. Uh, not everybody, of course, because a lot of players are involved in the uh, European Championships and have gone to other international tournaments. So we're not going to get... Um, you know, everybody back straight away. And, you know, it's not an excuse for the start of the season, but, you know, notoriously seasons where there are international tournaments, it it does get a bit messy with getting players back in time, getting them up to speed, getting them fresh and all of that. Uh, so we're going to have to wait and see um, who returns. And, and, and I don't know exactly how long sort of in terms of holiday, certain players are going to be afforded following, as I say, their participation at international tournaments. But Pre-season training begins and around about a week later, the guys are going to head up to Scotland for some pre-season stuff. Uh, so uh, we'll keep you across all of that and the information as we hear it. Um, in terms of the coaching staff, there has also been a change there. Uh, Andreas Georgeson, uh, who was our set-piece specialist, and there was a lot made of this last season, wasn't there, where we were talking about set-piece specialists. We were talking about, um, you know, the fact that we hadn't really seen a massive upturn in that. Well, uh, Andreas Georgeson is leaving the club. Uh, he is going to return to Malmo or is going to return to his native Sweden to coach at Malmo and in comes Nicholas Jova uh, from Manchester City. He's been working at Manchester City for a couple of seasons dealing with set-piece stuff. Uh, knows Mikel Arteta incredibly well um, and, uh, and I think he's probably been quite instrumental in doing that. So a change behind the scenes at the Emirates Stadium too. I just want to congratulate Patrick Vieira as well on being unveiled as the Crystal Palace boss. I absolutely adore Patrick Vieira. And as I've said to you guys in the past, I do have a little tiny bit of a soft spot for Crystal Palace as a football club as well, uh, because I was born in the area and, um, and at a time where I was obviously too young to go to football matches by myself. Um, I did go and watch Crystal Palace with some friends from school and, and they you know, and we were taken along and stuff. So I don't support Crystal Palace. Don't, don't please don't take it that way. But I do um, I do like them. Uh, I do have a little bit of a thing for them. And then, unless they're playing Arsenal, I'd rather they do well against everybody else. Um, but yeah, Patrick Vieira, Arsenal legend. Absolutely des delighted to see him given the opportunity uh, to, to show himself at Premier League level. 
as much as I love him, though, am I completely and utterly convinced that Patrick Vieira is the right appointment for Crystal Palace? It's one that I think if I was a Palace fan, I'd be kind of equally excited by it, but apprehensive about at the same time, because his managerial career to date hasn't been amazing. It hasn't been terrible, but it hasn't been amazing. And I do feel like Crystal Palace is one of the Premier League clubs where there's a really, really big job to be done. Roy Hodgson got a lot of criticism um, at certain points during his Palace career, but you always knew they weren't going to get sucked into that relegation battle with him there. You know, there were times where they kind of flirted with it, but you always knew he'd have the experience, the tactical now to get them over the line. And I'm not sure that'll be the case with Patrick Vieira. It kind of, I want him to do well, but it kind of stinks of that, uh, the De Boer appointment that Crystal Palace made that obviously we all know what happened there and how badly that one went. But yeah, um, wishing Paddy all the best. Of course, absolutely love the guy, but it's going to be uh, a big job and a tough job. Right, let's uh, go over to the live comments and take a few of uh, those. Uh, Marcin says, question is, whatever Lokonga uh, question is whatever Lokonga is an upgrade to Genduzi. We're paying eight million pounds on top, and it's highly questionable if that's an upgrade. So Martin is basically saying we're paying eight million pounds on top for for Lokonga. How do we know he's an upgrade? It, he's he's probably at this moment in time not. Um, but you've got to think about it this way as well. And, and you know, I mentioned all those factors as to why Genduzi would only go for the money that we're talking about. You know, you're talking about a player who is, um, who who was out of contract at the end of next season, which obviously has a massive impact on his value. But equally, a player who had publicly had disciplinary issues, Lakonga. You know, from what we read, from what we hear, from what we understand, is 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 of the right frame of mind, is of the right attitude. He's been given the Andalek captaincy at his very very young age, which says a lot, uh, I think. You know, obviously, Martin, there's a, there's a, you know, there's, um, there's a, a risk, as I always say, associated with any transfer. But for me, with Lokonga, I'm not sure that we're overpaying for Lokonga. I just think that we're getting less than people hoped for Gwenduzi. Although, in my personal opinion, to get £10 million, given all of the, the factors I've mentioned throughout this podcast, it's probably about right. Uh, and I know a lot of people would disagree with that, and that's fine. But, I, I, you know, I don't want to beat my own drum, but I have predicted, I think, quite accurately what Arsenal are going to get for a lot of these players based on sort of what I know about the European market at this moment in time. And I think I, I said anything between 10 and 12 million for Gunduzi was was fine, was about right. And we've got 10 million. So I'm not surprised by it and not surprised um Anywhere near as much as, as others, of course. Uh, GB says, Harry, with Gabriel Magalesh off to the Olympics, why isn't Saliba being given a chance with the first team to begin the season? Apologise if you can hear drilling going on. There's some building work going on next door. Um, well, I mean, Arsenal obviously don't think that William Saliba's the right man again. And, you know, they don't, they're not convinced by him at this moment in time. You know, you're talking about... Gabriel and Pablo Marie probably being the two that would play in that sort of left centre-back role. And then you're talking about having Rob Holding at the club and, and what seems like uh, the arrival of Ben White. You know, you've also got to factor in this year, right, that Arsenal don't have Europa League football. So there isn't those, what, six group games where you can essentially piss around with the team, 
make multiple changes um, and still be confident that you're going to progress and you're going to get through. So that's six full games that a fringe centre-back is not going to get. With the cup competitions, it's very difficult to know how far you're going to go in them and, and you can't really bank on that as game time. So I think the fact that we don't have European football may have actually played a part in, in Saliba not being given the opportunity. If you're talking about Gabriel, if you're talking about... And, and look, Gabriel's just going to be a bit late back. But if you're talking about Gabriel holding Marie and Ben White, potentially, there's four centre-backs that in Mikel Arteta's mind are ahead of William Saliba. So four centre-backs when you've only got domestic football, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it, for Saliba to have a path into the first team, I would argue. And I think that's, um, I think that's why. Uh, Alfred J says, should we swap a Mill Smith Road plus 50 million for Jack Grealish instead of 60 million for Madison? <laughs> um, I, I love Jack Grealish. I, I think he's a fantastic player. I, I'd love to see him at Arsenal. But I also love a Mill Smith Rowe. And I, I, I just, I don't know, probably just about um, think that you'd uh, you'd take 50 million and, you know, you'd pay 50 million and give him for Grealish. But not for Madison. I, I'm not big on Madison. I'm not big on the whole 60, 65 million pound thing on James Madison. And if I'm honest, I don't think that one's going to happen. Um, I, I haven't really focused on the Emil Smith-Rowe uh, rumours yet, because I know there were rumours that emerged last night that Aston Villa were going to launch a third bid. No idea where they're getting this encouragement from and thinking that Arsenal are going to sell him. But, you know, I... I didn't really want to dive into that too much because it is at the moment just rumours, just paper talk. It hasn't really come from anybody credible and, and that kind of makes me feel a little bit uneasy. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, <laughs> Ashton Armand says, who's your favourite? Who's your father's favourite manager, Wenger or Otto Rehagel? Otto Rehagel, of course, the uh, German Euro 2004 winning coach with Greece. Uh, but no, Wenger, all the way, all the way. Uh, Arsenal till we die, first and foremost, above anything else. Uh, Vishal says, hi, Harry. We seem to have a legitimate centre-back issue if we don't get Ben White across the line. Chelsea and Man City are in for him as well. We'll end up seriously short if Saliba goes to Marseille. Thoughts? I think the fact that Saliba's going means that Arsenal will get in a centre-back. Is it definitely 100% going to be Ben White? I hope so. But, um, you know, I, I think that Arsenal will, will be looking at... Um, a centre-back and and have centre-backs, you'd hope, on their kind of list or in their sort of sights in the event that we're unable to obtain Ben White. I, I, do, I don't believe that Ben White is the only centre-back target is basically what I'm trying to say here. Um, but you're right, you know, if Saliba doesn't stay and obviously with David Luiz going as well, it is an area that probably needs addressing. Yeah, for sure. Um Let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, a couple of you asking about that Emil Smith Rowe bid, and I kind of touched on that already. But um, yeah, just, you know, the big question around that is what is making Aston Villa so confident that we're looking to move them on, uh, looking to move him on? I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, do they know something that we don't know? Do they know that Arsenal maybe are not as financially sort of able this summer as maybe we're led to believe? I don't know. I don't know, but it's interesting. And I think what they're doing is they're using a combination of Arsenal's situation plus the fact that Emil Smith-Rowe currently hasn't agreed that new deal and isn't being paid necessarily what his role in the squad um, 
sort of deserves to be paid or a player of his role deserves to be played paid and uh and i think they're trying to capitalize on that i really really do but yeah um so quick roundup gwen doozy off to Marseille, initially on loan with an obligation for Marseille to purchase him at the end of that for £10 million. William Saliba wants to join Marseille. I think that deal is going to happen, but there are, no, uh, there are still talks ongoing, so that one is not done yet. Nuno Tavares is in England, has had his medical, and we're expecting an announcement uh, when his quarantine period is over. That deal is going to be for around about £8 million, and he'll provide cover, as I say, at left-back. Uh, expect Granit Xhaka's move to Roma to pick up a bit of pace now that uh, the European Championships are over for Switzerland. Patrick Vieira is the Crystal Palace boss. And of course, as Arsenal fans, we wish him all the best. Players are returning to training this week. And of course, uh, there's been a change in the coaching staff with Nicholas Jova coming in as the new set peach coach and replacing Andreas Georgian, who is on his way out. I'm going to leave it there and I'll be back a little bit later on with another show and we'll spend a bit more time on that one, sort of taking your questions from the live chat. So be sure to turn your notifications on. Make sure you hit the like button if you haven't done so already. Let's uh, have a look at where we are. Uh, let's see where we are, where we are, where we are. Um, we have got over 130 of you watching us on YouTube right now, but we've only got 22 likes. Let's get that up to 50 by the time the outro plays. Surely that is easy, uh, easy to achieve. So hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you want to become a member, click on the link in the description, and I'll catch you all later on. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Hack.